0: hey guys this is pastor josh from fresh church we are so excited that you are joining us for our podcast today i do want to tell you that we pray at fresh church that you would get involved in the local church in your city The Bible says that those that plant themselves in the house of the Lord will flourish. And a podcast and an online experience, a YouTube uh, sermon is amazing, but it does not replace the local church, the hope of the world, the community, the family that God has placed all of us in. And so we hope you find that, and we hope you enjoy this message today. We're going through the chapter of Luke chapter 15, I think this is one of the, the most beautiful chapters of all of the Bible. And, um, and and so if you've got a Bible, I want you to turn there. Luke chapter 15, verses 8 through 10. How many people are excited that summer is almost over? How many people are excited that summer is uh, still here for you right now? Come on, you know, you, you, you you're excited about that? Excited to... Get the kids back in school. How many people are excited to get the kids back in school? You know, on a schedule. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Luke chapter 15, verses 8 through 10. Jesus gave them another parable. He's talking to religious people here in this section of the story. He's talking to Pharisees. He's talking to people that think that they know God, that think that they have the answers to God and to religion. They have a lot of religion, but they don't have a lot of God in them. And how many people know you can have a lot of religion and you can not have a lot of God in you? There's a lot of universities that have a lot of religion and would come from a religious background, but there's not a lot of God there because the Holy Spirit is no longer there. Jesus gave them another parable. There was once a woman who had ten valuable silver coins. When she lost one of them, so she had ten, she lost one. So now she's only got nine. She swept her entire house. She's getting out the vacuum cleaner. She is getting out the cleaning machines of everything that she has because she is like, I have got to find this lost coin. Diligently searching every corner of her house. Is it underneath this cushion? No. Is it, is it over here in the fireplace? No. Is, is, is it up in the attic? No. Searching every single corner of her home. For that one lost coin, when she finally found it, her searching pays off. How many people know that when you find that lost coin, you will feel that your searching has been worth it? She gathered all of her friends and neighbors for a celebration, telling them, come and celebrate with me. Because I had lost my precious silver coin, but now I have found it. And that's the way that God responds every time one lost sinner repents and turns to him. He says to all of his angels, let's have a joyous celebration for that one who was lost, I have now found. And so if Jesus puts this much emphasis on a story about a coin, about a lost coin, and the value of a lost coin, and the value of a lost coin, Person, one that is without the owner to protect it and to care for it and to nourish it and and, and to put it in a safe place, then how much more are we to value people that are the lost coin that Jesus is talking about in this story? Do we really value them? Do we really go out and search diligently for that which we have? lost that brother or that sister that once was in the Lord and is now struggling? how are you going after them? How are you searching diligently for them? How are you messaging them on Instagram and Facebook and say I missed your face, you got to get back into the house of God. We got to get back into relationship with one another because you are you you have been lost but I want to search for you because I know you're hurting, I know you're in despair. I know you need some hope right now and I know the one that can give you that and has given it to you before. Amen? The lost coin. The lost coin. So why do we hesitate to look for the lost coin? I I believe, first of all, it's because we are afraid. Why do we hesitate to look for the lost coin? I believe it's because some of us are afraid. Some of us are so afraid to go out into the workplace, to go out into society, and to go out into our friend groups and just look at people and declare they're lost. Because you're like, well, I don't want to judge anybody. I'm not a judge of somebody's life. I'm not, uh, the Holy Spirit is d- d- the one that judges. I'm, I'm just supposed to love that person. And that is true. But you're also supposed to recognize because the Holy Spirit is in you and the Holy Spirit can give you wisdom when you look at somebody's life to go, oh my gosh, look at this person's life. They are filled with a lot of despair right now. It's not judging someone when I look at them and I see their life in despair and for me to go, oh my gosh, I've got hope inside of me that you need. And I'm not going to be afraid to talk to you about it. I'm not going to be afraid. Some of you are like, well, I don't want to do that because I'm afraid that I'll be bullhorn guy standing by Nissan Stadium going, you're going to hell. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. I'm going to preach the prophecies of God and revelation on you that says this and this and this. That You're not bullhorn guy, okay? Bullhorn guy is crazy, Okay? You're not going to go into the workplace and be bullhorn guy. You don't have to be afraid. Some of you are afraid because you're like, well, well I, I, I don't have knowledge. I don't have scripture. I don't know the Bible very well. I'm just afraid to talk to somebody about my faith. But what God says is that when you step out and you begin to declare your faith and you begin to go after the lost coins, then the Bible says that he will give you every single word. The Holy Spirit will fill your life and give you every single word to declare to someone else. Maybe you hesitate to look for the lost coin because you don't feel qualified, right? You're just like, well, if you knew I passed, I do not need to talk about Jesus to anybody, okay? <laughs> Have you read the Bible? Do you know Peter's past? Do, 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 do you know um, uh, Rahab's past? Do, do, do you know all of these people's past? Every single person in the Bible was disqualified to do ministry at some point yet God still used them. Let me say that again. Every single person in the Bible was disqualified to do ministry at some point. Most churches would have fired David and crucified him as their pastor and said, get out of here, you adulterous person that has had an affair and has had someone murdered. You are definitely not fit to be the pastor, but yet God still used him as king of Israel. Why is the church the only one that shoots their wounded? Let's bring judgment upon the wounded. God says, no, I've still got work for you, David. You're still going to be the king, even through this mistake. You are still qualified. Some of you don't feel qualified because of the mistake that you made last week at work that somebody saw you make. But guess what? Your mistake doesn't qualify you. God does. Some of us will hesitate to look for the lost coin because we don't want to be pushy. Again, we just like, I, I just don't want to be pushy of my faith, okay? Like, my faith is my personal faith, and, you know, it's just mine. It's, like, private, and I, I just don't want to push it on anybody. Well, let me tell you something. Jesus died a public death in a public place to save a public humanity. It was not just this like personal thing. Oh, the, I'm just going to die just for me up here on the cross. It's my personal salvation that I'm accomplishing right here. It was public, it was out in the open. Are you pushy with your favorite band? Like, bro, man, I got this CD. You've got to listen to this. Oh, check it out on Spotify. It's right here. You get in the car with your buddy, and 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 you're like, I don't even know if they're gonna like this band, but it doesn't matter because I love this band, and you've got to hear this. But yet, when it comes to Jesus, you're just like, oh man, it's cool. Yeah, I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to be pushy. And that's why you hesitate to look for the lost coin. Some of us hesitate to look for the lost coin because we're complacent. We're just a place in our faith. We're, we're just, like, cruising. We're just complacent. We're just like, I mean, I just go to church, and, you know, occasionally I read my Bible, all these things. But I, I'm just complacent. I'm just comfortable. I, I don't want to step out of my comfort zone. I'm complacent exactly where I am, and there's lost people all around you in your complacency every single day. And you need to step out of your complacency. See, I want to remind you that you don't need a degree to talk to people about Jesus. <laughs> I want to think about the people that Jesus chose. See, in, 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 the, in, in the Old Testament, if you were to, to follow a rabbi, it was because you were worthy to follow a rabbi. And you were going through all of these steps. And so as a Jewish child, you were, your first um, uh, assignment in life was to like basically memorize the first four books of the Torah. And then if you could do that, then you would be good enough to go to another school. And then if you could memorize like all of the Levitical laws, then you would be good enough to then go under a mentorship of a Pharisee, of a rabbi, of a teacher of God. And so all of these disciples that Jesus has that he just finds in Jewish culture, in other jobs, they were all rejects of the religious system of that day. They were not educated. They shouldn't have been following a rabbi. They did not have the pedigree to do it. They did not make the cut, but yet Jesus calls them and says, it does not matter. You don't need the degree. You don't need to know all the scripture. All you need to do is be obedient and follow me. Some of you just need to be obedient. I want to remind you, you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to have all the answers. You're like, well, I don't know about Genesis and the creation. And like, what if somebody just wants to get a debate in me with me about like all this stuff and science and the Bible and and all this other stuff? Like, you don't got to go there. And so I want to give you some things today that you can do to go out and search for the lost coin in your life. The first way that you can share your faith and go look for the lost coin is you can use what you have. Write that down. We got some notes for you today, and I hope that you're going to use that. and You can take it home with you. You can use what you have. This is one of the first ways that we see somebody actually spread the gospel in the context of Jesus' day. Jesus is still here, and there's because sometimes we think like, okay, Jesus ascended into heaven, and then people started evangelizing. But that's not true, because there's this guy named Levi, a tax collector, okay? And he meets Jesus, and I want you to watch what happens in this story, because if you don't know much about Levi, he eventually becomes Matthew, who wrote the Gospel of Matthew, but Levi was a despised tax collector. He was one of those sinners that the Pharisees would look at and be like, why is Jesus hanging out with the sinners as tax collectors, But when Jesus changed Levi's life, he simply could not keep Jesus to himself. He simply could not contain it. He simply could not just be like, I found the hope of the world, and so screw all y'all, it's just me and Jesus. Matthew didn't know anything about how to share his faith, he wasn't a preacher. He had no religious training. Levi had never served as a fresh group leader. Levi had never served in the kids' ministry. Levi had never served on the worship team. The only thing that Levi knew how to do, y- y'all ready for this? The only thing that Levi knew how to do was throw a party! Party! He's like, hey, man, I know you, right? Like, we used to hang out, dude. I got a party at my house, and y'all need to come to my party because it's going to be insane, this party that I'm throwing. Because guess what? Do you know the person that created the whole entire universe? His name is Jesus. He's going to be at my party. When you come to my party, I mean, he went out, and he's like, Party Rock is in the house tonight. Everybody's going to have a good time, right? Come on, people. Like, we're going to have a party. And I'm inviting Jesus to my party because here's the thing. You can't change anybody's life at your party. But when you bring Jesus to your party, When you invite the Savior of the world to your party, when you use what you have, he's like, I don't have any religious training, but I do have money, and I can throw a great party. And I'm going to invite people over to my house, and I'm going to invite Jesus, and I'm going to let Jesus do the rest. He said, I'm going to put burgers on the grill. I'm going to put the big screen uh, TV on, and I'm going to put the game on. I'm going to invite people. I'm going to hire a DJ. I'm going to send out the invitations to every single person that I know. And this is what happened in Luke chapter 5, verse 29. Then Levi held a great banquet, a great party for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with him. What did he have? He had a party and he had a house. He said, I'm going to use my house to invite people to Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. It's amazing that the people that were supposed to be following God missed the opportunity to actually be following God. And this person that just came to faith knew more about what he was supposed to do with his faith than the people that had been going to church for 25 years. I wonder how many people walk into our churches sometimes and just be like, this is what this was supposed to be? I, I mean, I love Jesus, but this church thing, man, it, it's just serious. It's just so serious all the time. It's just so like, like, I, like I, I don't get it. Like, what, what are we doing? Matthew simply called his buddies and invited them to a party. And in the same way, you can use what you have to reach those that you love. Let me repeat that. Write that down. You can use what you have to reach those who you love. You can use what you have to reach those that you love. To find the lost coin. Start with what you have. Start with what you have. Do you have a car? If you have a car, invite some people to go out to dinner, pay for their dinner, pick them up, and get to know them, and then start having a conversation about Jesus. Just invite Jesus into the conversation. Just be like, Jesus, you be in the car as I pick this person up. Jesus, it doesn't mean like the moment that they get in the car, you're like, I'm going to turn on Love. This is my Christian music. Listen to this. This Is this awesome? You're like, what is this? And Sometimes you don't need to play contemporary Christian music because there's some things that are awful on contemporary Christian music. And they would actually be like, oh, man, I don't even like this music. Like, this is a bad representation of Jesus. You know what I mean? <laughs> but they get in the car, and they can sense Jesus is there because you've invited the presence of Jesus into your life, into your heart, and into that car to plant seeds in that moment. Use what you have. Use your car. Do, do, do you like music? Then Be generous. Go out and be like, hey, man, I just bought two tickets to this concert. And, and, and don't even plan who you're going to take. Just be like, I bought two tickets to this concert, and I know that you love this band. I know that you love music. Will you just go with me? And then the whole entire time while y'all are jamming out to some music that you both love, then, then you ask what's going on in somebody's life. You ask how you can pray for them. You ask um, uh, uh, where they need some hope, and then you can begin to share how Jesus has given you hope. Can you cook out? Invite someone over for a free meal. Everybody likes, you want to grill for me? Sure, let's do it. Invite somebody over for a free meal. You will have a crowd for sure. And then before long, you can you can tell them about the bread of life that really feeds you. Do you have extra time? Well, then you can use your time to invest in relationships. And the more you serve someone, the bigger difference you can make in the lives of others. Amen? Use what you have. God can use you and use what you have to reach people. Just think about it. What do I have? And how can God use what I have to reach the lost coins that I'm searching for? Because it's important that I do that. The second way you can reach people is you can invite someone to church. Is you can invite someone to church. Listen, if you walk out, if you see these things, you come to church here, and you're like, oh, yeah, like, Tara, she's awesome. She, like, puts all this stuff in our seats every Sunday. And here's what I do with it when I leave. You miss the whole entire point of that. You miss the whole entire point of that. The church didn't spend money on these cards for them to sit in your seats. The church spent money on these cards not so that you can just be out and be like, ding dong, hey, come to Fresh Church, please. That's not why. But so that as you're doing life and you're talking about God or relationships or relationally or whatever that is, then. You're just like, oh, man, you should come to my church. You should totally check it out. Here, here, here's this card. It's just got the service times on it and things like that. Man, I'd love for you to come. I, I keep these in my wallet, and I'll be at a, a, a cash register or, or, or just a, a place in town or wherever it is, and the Holy Spirit will sometimes just say, hey, just drop one of these on somebody. And I'm, and I'm just like, oh, here it is, because it's it has got cause it's got the website on it. It's got information and all these other things, and you would never believe how what maybe a simple card could do. Is the card going to get someone to Jesus and get someone to church? No, you are. But if you don't have the obedience to have a conversation and actually use the card, then it won't happen. It's just a tool. But you can invite someone to church. John told a powerful story about a woman who had experienced a lot of hurts in, in her life. But when she met Jesus, Jesus offered her living water, a relationship that would change her forever. Look in the story, John chapter 4, verse 28. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people. So she meets Jesus. She has an encounter with Jesus. And then what does she do? She didn't go. This is my personal encounter with Jesus. Wasn't it beautiful? I'm just going to sit down and meditate. That was so good, God. Oh, my gosh, you've changed my life. You're so good. You're just so good, God. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for saving me. Thank you. Okay, I'm done. She may have meditated on that, but you know what she did? She went out into her town, and look what she did. Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? Could this be the person that I know that you, yeah, you right there. I know your marriage is dumped up because my marriages definitely were. I was on my seventh husband, and you right there, yeah, you with that problem. You with the one that needs healing. You right there. Oh, yeah, you right there. I know you need a financial miracle. I know you need a breakthrough in your life because we've been talking about it every day at the well. Even though you don't even know me, even though, even though, like, you guys think that I'm this and this and this, I don't care. I've met Jesus, He's the hope of my life life now and I want everybody to come and see I want everybody to come and see could this be the Messiah and they came out of the town and made their way toward him and it's if you go on and read the rest of the story it says that almost everybody in the town got saved they had an encounter with Jesus so many people came to know hope that day because this woman met Jesus and so she didn't just keep it to herself. She said, Let me bring you to a place where God is going to be. That's what we do when we invite somebody to church. It's not just about like the community, it's about inviting somebody that's lost and hopeless to a place where God is going to be and they can experience them. She didn't meet Jesus and then memorize a script. And go back and go, oh, let me give you four spiritual laws. She didn't meet Jesus and then go and go, oh, let me preach a sermon to every single one of you guys because you need it. She didn't meet Jesus and then lead everybody in a prayer. She simply invited everyone to come and meet the Savior who had changed her life. I, I I I encountered a story like this last week. I got done preaching at this church in St. Louis, and thank you all for letting me go there. It was awesome. Got to minister to a lot of people, and and pour in some leadership to another church up in St. Louis. And um, while I was there, this older man came up to me, and I could tell in the service that God was doing some stuff in him because he was crying. And and he said, I I had two years ago I got I got diagnosed with cancer. And now, I'm in re- remission. Basically, I was cancer-free. Now the cancer has come back. But he said, my grandson is 18 years old, and never wanted anything to do with church. And he came over to the house one night, and I was just going through this, and and he said, Granddad, if if you can stay strong in probably one of the most tumultuous times of your whole entire life, then there's something to this God that you keep telling me about. His granddad looked over him and said, well, would you come to church with me tomorrow? Grandson walked into the church, not really wanting to be there. My buddy, Pastor Daniel Taylor, who has preached here before, He gets up and he preaches his message. And at the end of the message, he gives a salvation call. And guess who raises his hand for salvation? This man's grandson. And he said, Pastor Josh, and he's standing right here. His grandson's right there. And he goes, this is my grandson. He just got baptized two weeks ago. And there was this joy in his grandson's eyes. And he goes, and he's serving here. And he's doing things that I never thought he would ever do. Why? Because this grandpa was faithful to God through adversity in his life and then invited his grandson to a place where Jesus was going to be. Where he knew Jesus was going to be. Where he knew Jesus was going to be be preached. Where he knew that Jesus could change someone's life. And God used it and God saved his life. That is absolutely incredible. Do you know there's power in the house of God, guys? And you can do the same thing as you look around. You're going to see people every day who need hope. What if you were to go, I'm a hope dealer? That's who you really are. You walk into work and you're like, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a business entrepreneur. I'm not an accountant. I'm not whatever. I'm a hope dealer in this place today. You need some hope. Come on. Let's go back here. I got some hope for you, boy. There's a lot of people out there dealing a whole lot of stuff, right? But who who in the face of the planet is dealing hope? Us. We need to be dealing hope. You're going to see someone in your class hurting, and you're going to look around, and you're going to go, oh, I know the God of comfort for that person. Let me, here, here, will you come to church with me? You're going to see someone at the gym, and and they're discouraged, and they're needing hope. Hey, 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 I got some hope. Will you come meet him? His name is Jesus. Will you come to my house, maybe? I'm just going to use what I have, but I'm also going to invite you to church. You're going to see someone that you work with, and they're searching in need of direction, and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I remember there was this time in my life where I had no clue what I was going to do in my life, and I went to church. God gave me some direction through a sermon. God gave me some direction through a worship song. Would you just come to church with me? Hey, would you just come over to my house, I'm gonna use what we have, and we can just sit down talk. We'll open up the Bible. Did you know the Bible has a lot of wisdom for your life? Maybe it's like Proverbs because maybe they're a business person and they're like, I don't even want the Bible, but I know Proverbs and I read some Proverbs. And so you just go, okay, cool. Let's study that. That's my end. Let me give you some hope because I'm dealing hope today. I'm dealing hope today. So you got to remember one invitation could be all it takes to change your life. One invitation. You are the salt of the earth. You and I are the light of the world, and God could use you to lead someone to Christ. How will he do it? By using what you have, and he can do it if you just invite someone to church. And the third, final way that I think that you can go out looking for the lost coin is you can share your story. Every single one of you have a story. See, this thing I love about my faith. People can rebuke my faith. People can debate my faith. People can debate the existence of this and this and this and this and this. But you know what they cannot refute? My story of how God has moved in my life. Now, they can think I'm crazy and be like, oh, man, that person's crazy. Like, they talk about the Holy Spirit. They talk about, like, all this other stuff and how God's moved in their life. I don't believe it. But that's still their story. And you can share your story with someone. See, one time when Jesus healed a blind man, there was a ton of skeptics, and they criticized Jesus, calling him a con, calling him a sinner. And then this healed man that just got healed, he belted back at these guys. I love it. In John chapter 9, verse 25, this man who was once blind, but now he can see, he says this. He replied, whether Jesus is a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. That's his story. Of what Jesus has done in his life. He's like, I don't know everything about Jesus, but I do know this. I could not see five minutes ago, and now I'm looking at you and your ugly stoned heart. I can see that pretty clearly. All I know is I was blind, but now I can see. Like, it's my story. It's what God has done in my life. When the skeptics fought back, he said this in John chapter 9, verse 26. Then they asked him, well, what did Jesus do to you? How, how did he open your eyes? What, what Did he do magic voodoo on you? Like, what did he do? I love what he says. I've already told you, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? I love this. Do you want to hear it again? Do you want to be his disciples too? What did he do? He just kept telling him his story. He's like, I've already told you my story. Well, yeah, man, I just don't get how he healed you of that, man. Like, like, really? Like, what did Jesus do? Like, what did that church do to you? Are you okay? Are you blind? Or are you like brainwashed now from the Kool-Aid that you drank at the church last Sunday? Like, what is this? You're like, bro, I don't know. All I know is, is that I went to church, I met Jesus. All I know is I went to that guy's cookout, and then he started talking about his story and what God had done in his life, and next thing you know, I'm crying in this guy's arms or this girl's arms. I'm like, I don't know, my life is a mess, and then she invited me to meet Jesus, and like, all of a sudden, this weight that I was feeling, this anxiety, this depression that I was going through, it like fell off of me like that. Really? Yes, really. Wow, I I, I need that too. Or maybe it's not even, I need that too. Or maybe it's just like, all right, cool, whatever. Either way, it's your story. It's what Jesus has done in your life. And you can share your story. I love the fact that I get to share my story. I, I, I wish I could say as a Christian that, that, that I've always just been smiling and happy, happy, joy, joy. And, and it's just, you know, uh, uh, oh, it's a beautiful name all the time. But that's just simply not true because there's times in my life and there's been times, as many of you guys know, where I've been battling in a season of darkness in my life. But here's what I know. No matter how dark it's ever gotten, his light is greater than any darkness that could ever exist in me. And I can tell you that in those moments where I felt like I was in the darkest time in my life, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, whatever that was, that there was this sense of peace. There was a sense of God that would come on my life and be like, it does not matter what darkness that you think you are in my Light is greater. My light is greater. If you're a Christian, you're going to go through a dark night of the soul one day. Elijah, the prophet Elijah, one of the greatest prophets of all time he had just taken down all the prophets of Baal like and did it in a spectacular fashion they had a fire making contest right and whoever's god that could make fire first that was the god that everybody would worship that was the god that everybody would bow down to and 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 they tried to, to let the god of baal b- begin to make fire, and he couldn't do it, and then Elijah laughed and said, okay, not only am I going to make fire, but go and get some buckets of water and pour it on this wood, let's, let's just let God show up and show off, and then God did it, and then all these people were running after him, trying to kill him, and after his greatest victory, he's literally hiding in a cave, going, God, just take my life. I'm depressed I'm the only one left God comes to him and he says Elijah what are you what are you doing here get up I still got work for you to do I love that question because for some of you you're in that cave right now you're like, I can't share my faith. I, I, I can't go after any lost coins. I, 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 I can't do anything. And I, I, like I'm barely just staying alive myself. And, and it wasn't God in that moment going, you're too depressed to serve me, Elijah. You're too stressed to serve me, Elijah. He comes to him. He sends his angels to minister to him. Maybe you just need to go. I need some angels to minister to me. He gets some rest. He eats some food. And then God goes, what are you doing here, Elijah? Get up. I've still got work for you to do. I've still got lost coins for you to find. Your ministry is not over yet. In fact, if you knew how I was going to take you to heaven, you're not even going to die. Your ministry is not done. Let me use this part of your story to bring other people to faith. So he could then go into the towns and be like, yeah, I know what it's like to be in a dark cave. I know what it's like to not see the future. I know what it's like to feel like you're in such darkness. And, and that's why I'm here is to give you hope and to deal some hope into this hopeless town. To give you some hope into this hopeless workplace. And to give you some hope in this hopeless marriage. And to give you some hope into whatever it is that needs hope. I'm here to deal it today. You can say to somebody, Jesus has transformed my life and he can transform yours too. Amen? Jesus has transformed my life and he can transform yours too. Here is my story. You can use what you have. You can invite someone to church and you can share your story. Let me say that again. You can use what you have. You can invite someone to church. And you can share your story. And watch some of the lost coins begin together. And then when they meet Jesus and they find their Savior. And they find the fold that they've been looking for, and the community that they've been looking for, then you get out the confetti again, just like Jesus did, and you go, we're throwing a party. Because this coin that was once lost, that I've been searching for so diligently, has found its home again. It's it's home again. The safe place where it always belongs. So, as the band comes back up, I want you to close your eyes for a moment right now. I want you to think about the people that are in your life. On that sheet of paper that you got today, it says five people. Five people. Who are five people that you know that need you to deal some hope to them? Who are five lost coins? And again, a lost coin is not just somebody that's out in the club or the Nashville bars The lost coin is actually, in this context, religious people that thought that they knew God, but they didn't. They had a whole lot of religion, but they didn't have a whole lot of Holy Spirit. I think that one of the saddest verses in the Bible is the verse where Jesus talks about that there's going to be many who stand before me and said, Lord, I did this for you going to look at them and go turn away I never knew you how sad is that because you settled for religion not me you knew all the right things to say you knew the right things to wear but you never really knew me That's why Paul says, I want to know you in the power of your resurrection. I want you to think about your life right now and go, do I know him in the power of his resurrection? Or do I know about him and about the power of his resurrection? Two different things there, guys. And if you only know about him and about the power of his resurrection, but don't know him and know the power of his resurrection, then you're in religion, not Jesus. And you need to be saved. You're the lost coin. That's just coming to church and thinking that you're saved. It's real easy for us to fall into that sometimes. I want you to think about your life. And so whether it's someone that's religious but doesn't know Jesus, then think about writing their name down on a piece of paper. Think about how you can, how you can invite them to this place. Think about how you, you, can invite them over to your house. You can use what you have. Think about how you can share your story with them at some point this week. And and here's what I'd really like you to do. I'd like you to either take this home or during the worship time that we're going to have in just a moment. Physically write somebody's name down. There's something in writing something down. In Habakkuk it says, write down vision. If it's just in your mind, it can just stay in your mind. But sometimes you've got to write it down. You've got to write that person's name down on a piece of paper. And you go back to it and you read it and you pray over it again and again. Who is it? Who is that lost coin?